Welcome to Leading Innovation. I'm your host, John Lowry. In this episode, I wanna think with you about facilitating innovation. What I wanna share with you is five ideas on how you can lead innovation sessions with your teams and your colleagues that will allow ideas to flourish, that will allow the right conversation to happen so that you can solve problems, so that you can make better products and you can serve your customers and your clients in more effective ways. Innovation doesn't just happen. You've got to set the table for people to come with their best ideas, to have great conversations that can produce new insights that allow you and your organization to move forward and get ready for the future. One of the things that leaders have to do is to lead teams through innovation so they can make space for new ideas to emerge in their organizations. In doing so, it's important to know how to lead a meeting that can foster innovation, that can bring new ideas to the table, and can allow everyone to walk out of there with a path that will make a difference and will make things better. But that doesn't just naturally happen. You may say it has to be engineered. I would say that you have to set the table for the right conversation and for the right ideas to come and to win the day. So let's spend some time thinking about how to do that. The first thing that leaders have to do in facilitating innovation is they have to keep everyone focused on the big win. What is the purpose? What is the reason that we're coming together to rethink something or to try to generate new ideas? Now, notice that's not just making more money. It goes deeper than that in thinking about how do you serve the customer better so that you're then able to make more money. And so remember, it's not just the intermediate prize. What we want to keep people focused on is the purpose, the big prize. If we do that, it will free people up to think bigger, to think more boldly about how it is to solve a problem or how it is to bring some sort of improvement. So the first thing is we've got to focus on the big win. This week, I had the opportunity to lead a session for a group of 100 managers for a large company. And as I was facilitating this and thinking through how to create a moment that would get their attention, that would help them focus on the purpose, uh, these were folks that sold heavy equipment for a living. Uh, these were primarily men who were used to working with their hands. And that was what they've been doing for years. That was the type of activity in which they were comfortable. And so as we were thinking about an icebreaker, as we were thinking about something to kick off this session, we came up with the idea of having them build a child's bike and to do it in a team environment where we threw all sorts of challenges at them. We turned the lights off. We had missing parts. We had all sorts of things that they had to overcome in order to get all of these bikes built. But when we got to the end of the session and everyone had built these beautiful new bikes that were then given to kids, we had this moment where we had some conversation about what just happened? What did we just do? And there were some people in the room that took the bait, if you will, and they said, well, we built a bike or... Uh, we put a bunch of metal pieces together and something that was valuable and useful. And there was a bunch of folks that kind of got caught right there. And then finally, I was so happy 
there was someone in the room that said, no, 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 we did something much more profound here today than build a bike. Uh, what we did was we put a smile on a kid's face. Now that smile not, may not be today. It may be in a week when the child receives the bike, but there's going to be a moment where this bike gets presented to a child and it may be their first bike that they've ever received. And that's going to be an exciting moment in the life of that child. That's really what we did today. That was the big win we were looking for. That was this ground everything we do in purpose that allows for such amazing innovation to happen. So the first thing is focus on the big win, focus on the purpose, and make sure everyone is dialed in on that. And that will lead to a great conversation. Now, as you get started, the other thing that I think is important is illustrated by the story I just told is that you want to see the people being served. You want to make sure that you got your eye on the ball, because if you truly understand your customer or you truly understand who you're trying to serve with this new product or this new service or this new idea, it's going to help you in shaping it in a way that is going to better meet their needs. And so spend some time. There are many moments where I literally have people take a five by seven card and draw out the person. Now, we get some interesting stick figures and things like that. Not all of us are the greatest artists, but that's not what's important here. What's important here is people trying to see and to understand and to put themselves in the shoes of those people that they hope will benefit from the new ideas and from the thinking that will happen with this group. If we don't do that, sometimes we get too fixed on our ideas and we have a hard time giving up the fact that those ideas may not work because we get so excited about the idea, but we haven't started at the right place. And that is the people being served. I remember going to an Amazon fulfillment center and walking through this million square feet of space and just being overwhelmed with the complexity and the efficiency of this facility. And as I was talking to one of the managers there, he said, yeah, you know, he says, after we built it, he said about six months later, we had to re-engineer the entire thing. And I said, what? That's crazy. Like you built this whole thing and then six months later, you had to do it all again. And he said, yeah, he says, you know, we built it so that we could provide 24 hour turn turnaround time in terms of a product coming in and a product going out so that someone would have their item 24 hours from ordering it. And then management came back and said, well, is there a way that we can make that four to six hours instead of 24 hours? And he said, my team was so excited about meeting that challenge that we literally came together, rethought our entire supply chain process and re-engineered it so that for a, a lot of products, we could get them out of here in four hours. Now, the reason that they were motivated to do that is because they had a relentless focus on their customer who needed that item in four hours as opposed to 24 hours. Now, the next thing you want to do is you want to transition from positions. So many times in these meetings, people will show up, they will sit down, and they will be eager to share their position. And sometimes that is a very challenging place to start a conversation about innovation. People will look at a problem and they will share their perspective on the problem and their idea on how it will be solved. And then the next person will do that and the next person will do that. 
And what you'll find is that in a room of eight people, you have eight different ideas on how to solve the problem. That's a tough place to start in terms of getting out of there with one winning idea that everyone can rally around. And so instead of having people start with their positions, this is an important thing to where don't ask them the question, don't solicit the the position or the perspective. Instead, have them begin thinking about collectively what needs to happen. Have them think about what would be best for the end user of the product or the recipient of the service and have them begin thinking together. What you'll find is there's a lot of common ground there and the common ground, that's the foundation on on what you want to build a process of innovation. So recently I had a colleague come in and he was facilitating a conversation at a major city here in the United States Uh, It was a conversation about data sharing between a huge transportation agency, a huge power company, and then the IT department of this municipality. And he came in and he asked for a little coaching, a little guidance on how to lead this conversation. And he said, everyone had their positions. And the initial thought was, we got to get those on the table and then go to work from there. And here was the moment where we said, no, 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 let's not do that. Let's not ask for their positions. We know that they're pitted against each other and some of them want the data shared and others don't want to share the data. And some are concerned about security and others are concerned about uh, duplicity of efforts and all of the challenges that exist. We know that they're there. Instead, let's talk about, well, what would it look like if we shared data? Like what would have to happen for us to be able to do that? And what would be the benefit of the people of this city if we were able to do that successfully and without any commitment, just ask the question, what if we were able to do that? That's a powerful place to get people thinking together as opposed to having people in the first half hour of the meeting pit themselves against each other. Now that leads to my next point because the next point is we begin the creativity process that really begins with the question of what if. Creativity is something that is difficult for some people. And so as the facilitator, you need to draw it out of them. Not everyone is just naturally creative to where they come up with all of these wild and crazy and useful ideas. For some, it's difficult to get there. And the way that I found it more useful is to say, what would that look like? What if we were able to do that? And then in the context of those kinds of questions, It's amazing how creative people can be. Some of the folks that you would think are the least creative, when asked the right question, they can come up with some absolutely brilliant ideas. Now, the last thing that I think is really important is that as the facilitator, you have to make sure that there is no criticism of ideas that go on the table. Now, the reason that that's important is because If you allow one person to share an idea and then the rest of the room shoots it down, well, you can only imagine how eager that person is to share another idea, right? And so what will happen is if people are too critical, too fast in the meeting, literally what you're trying to do will get shut down because of the way that people are responding to other people's ideas. And so you as the facilitator, create the whiteboard and set the expectation that 
everything on the whiteboard is fair game and that you want as many ideas as possible. You want to fill that whiteboard with ideas because by doing that, even though a lot of the ideas might be ridiculous, they might be totally unworkable. They may make no sense at all. It's important to get those ideas on the board because those ideas may lead to other ideas that are a brilliant solution to the problem or a brilliant new twist on the product, whatever it might be. I love the story that comes out of British Columbia, Canada. It's a story about a power company that was really struggling because they were having difficulty getting service crews out to the rural parts of British Columbia to repair power lines. And what would happen is winter would come. And as you know, if you're familiar with British Columbia, there's a lot of snow and there's a lot of severe weather and winter can be pretty harsh. And so in those rural areas, once you have a power disruption, it's pretty important because it's so cold to get that power back up and running quick for those people in their homes. And yet if you've got power lines that are down, it can be hard to get to those power lines because of all the snow on the ground. And so this power company got some executives together and said, what are we going to do about this? It's costing us too much money. It's creating a public safety issue. Our customers aren't being served very well. We've got to find a better way to maintain our power lines in the winter. And so as they were sitting in this meeting, there was someone in the meeting who said, well, the issue we have is that there are condensation forming on the lines. That condensation is becoming ice when it gets cold. That ice becomes heavy and then breaks the line and we have the power disruption. And so someone said, just kind of flippantly, well, what if we got birds to go land on the power lines and those birds would knock the condensation off as they landed and created a vibration? That condensation would be on the ground instead of on the line. So when it froze, it wouldn't create the power disruption. Now, there were other people in the room that are like, are you crazy? What are we going to do? Like send out a flock of birds and tell them to go land on the power lines? Like that's never going to work. But what happened in this meeting that I think is a lesson for all of us is there was someone sitting in the room that had been part of the Royal Canadian Air Force. And when he heard this idea of birds landing on the power line, he didn't think about like little one pound animals. What he thought about was helicopters. He thought about birds in his context, not in the context in which the person was thinking. And so what started racing through his mind was this idea of saying, probably can't have that helicopter land on the power line. That's not a good idea. But what if you had the helicopters fly at a low altitude over the power lines right before a big freeze happened? What would then happen? You would still get the same vibration. You'd still knock that condensation off the line so it wouldn't freeze and wouldn't damage the power line. And so they began going down that road and looking at that idea and ultimately, they concluded that it would be financially better and it would be a better experience for their customers if they pursued that idea. And so that's what they started doing, was having these helicopters fly at a low altitude across all these really important power lines. And as a result of that, they were able to improve their service to their customers and improve their bottom line. Now, notice none of that would have happened if everyone would have been too critical, too quickly in response 
to what admittedly is a crazy idea of having birds land on these power lines. So there are five ideas right there that will help you create an environment that is conducive to innovation with you and your colleagues and your leadership teams. This will help you solve problems. This will help you set the table so that creative ideas can emerge and you can be successful. So so to review them real quick, focus on the big win, focus on the purpose, see the people being served, help people transition from positions, ask the question, what if, in terms of drawing out creativity, and then make sure that you don't have people in the room that are being too critical, too fast of the ideas that are going on the whiteboard or coming on the table. Good luck with all your innovation adventures. It's a fun process and you can make a big difference by leading it.